Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Compassion and Courage Conversations in Healthcare. I am your host and I am with my hostess, the hostess with the mostest, the hotness. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I think that's a throwback to some old-fashioned thing. I know. Hostess with the mostest. The what hostess, is that from? Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. We, we're going to have the to look that up. The host with the most, but the hostess with the a mostest. The hostess with the mostest. Yeah. Like show from the 70s yeah. or something. Like that. Yeah. Well, True either that. way, how are you today? I am fantastic. Are you? So good. Good. So good. Because I'm, I'm a little torn right now. Oh, dear. Torn between wanting to do this podcast recording and wanting to go get packed up for our trip to the West Coast tomorrow. <laughs> I think I'm avoiding yeah, the packing. Yeah, we're avoiding packing. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to have a great time so uh, good. out in Cali, going back to Cali. Back to Cali. You know what that is? No. <laughs> what is that from? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> More trivia to LL Cool J, 1988. Oh. All right. So, uh, so today we want to talk a little bit about the. Can I talk about like something that's actually relevant to our podcast now? You can yeah, do anything you want. I guess so. So, I wanted to, to talk today about the Compassion Trail, and this is a little. I don't know. I don't know if I coined this term or just thought of this example. But the reason that I thought of this example was from two parts. First of all, let me share with you a little. Um, a little guided meditation that is is kind of one of the one of the most common guided meditations. It's called loving kindness, and I'm not actually going to do it. I'm just going to explain it to you. In a loving kindness meditation, what we do after we relax our bodies and take some deep breaths, uh, we bring to mind someone that we love. We bring to mind someone that we love, and we we fix their image in our heads, and we either out loud or internally say, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be blessed, may you find kindness, may you find grace. And there's, there's different ways to word this. But we bring to mind that someone that we love, and it's very easy to wish good wishes on to someone that we love, right? Mm -hmm. The next person we bring to mind, though, isn't someone that we love. It's also not someone that we hate. It might be somebody that we just interact with a little bit anonymously. And I'm thinking about, say, the barista at your local coffee shop, right? Somebody that you might know their face, you might say hi to them, but you really don't know their name, you don't know their any of their background. And so for that person, again, we bring their image to mind at the front of our minds, and we send them good wishes. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you, uh, may you feel kindness. May you feel generosity. Then things get difficult. Then things get difficult, right? Because first we talked about the person that we already love. Second, we talked about someone that we're kind of neutral to. And then third is to bring to mind someone that we have tension with. Tension might be a nice way of saying, what, hate, <laughs> difficulties, <laughs> right? Uh, friction, friction, okay. someone that we have friction with. And again, we bring that person's image to our mind and we say, again, the same things. May you be happy. May you be fulfilled. 
May you feel generosity and may you love and be loved. That's harder to do with somebody that we have friction with, isn't it? Sure. Is it for you? Well, sure. It is. It is. But that's part of the, the whole idea of this loving kindness meditation. So that brings me back to a book that I know we both read probably about 15 years ago called The Shack. You remember The Shack? Yeah. William Young, I believe, was the author. And this, this book made a bit of a stirring at the time it came out because it's, it's a religious and spiritual book, yet it's a, a fiction work that personifies God a little bit differently than the average person might think of God. And for those of us from the, the Christian tradition, we, of course, we have our trinity of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And in the book, The Shack, we get to visit those, those three entities of God, but through their human representation. So much like Don Quixote, this book, The Shack, is written by a narrator who is describing the events that were portrayed to him by a friend, a story that he was told by a friend. So, of course, this is kind of getting down the game of telephone, and we cannot take everything literally. It's starting the mystic journey into what this book is going to be. So in the book, Mac, the main character, the story revolves around Mac and the loss that he endured. And he endured a loss that most of us cannot comprehend. And that is the kidnapping and murder of a child. Now keep in mind that this book is officially considered fiction. And Mac is guided by those three faces of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they're personified. God is a older southern woman that to confuse things more is her name is papa jesus is portrayed as a middle eastern guy israeli guy just normal guy normal everyday guy in in 20th century america and then the holy spirit is represented by a woman uh, from the subcontinent, it seems like, who's a little bit more mystical and spiritual. And as Mac in the story is bemoaning the loss and the torment that he has felt by the loss of his daughter, he is visited by that spirit who tells him how if we have been forgiven, we also have to forgive. Now, please know that I am not making this a Sunday school lesson for any of us. But while Mac is being talked to, they're talking about forgiveness. And it gets back to, could you forgive the person, the man that abducted and killed your child? Could you forgive this individual? It's a, it's a hard thought experiment that I hope none of us actually have to ever endure. But could you forgive this individual? And Mac did not want to. He wanted to hold on to his loathing of this individual that changed his life. And instead, the spirit made him follow it back. Made him have compassion for what 
drove the killer to do this horrible thing? Was it the abuse that that killer suffered in their life? Was it the abuse that that uh, killer suffered from a parent or from a grandparent? And as you go on back and you realize the hurt that has been doled out, you can follow that compassion trail back to find out that everyone who has been hurt, everyone who has hurt someone, was also hurt by someone else. For years, I've been going around the country talking about those words that I learned uh, soon after my own loss of hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. And I know that that's true. I know that those individuals who hurt us are also hurting. Doesn't mean that that's right. Doesn't mean that it's good. Doesn't mean that we accept it. But we do have to realize that we ourselves are not the only individuals who are hurting. Everyone is. And sometimes people's pain causes terrible, terrible reactions. Sometimes we don't respond to our traumas. We, res we react to our traumas. Sometimes we don't respond to our losses. We react. And what's the difference between a reaction and a response? Time. Time. A response is a is 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 a uh, an event that happens after we've had time to think some things through. A reaction happens almost immediately. This is a a difficult concept for us to to kind of wrap our heads around. But I think of it with the loving kindness meditation. Whenever we think of someone who we feel like we have friction with, that person has done us wrong, right? Uh, go back to the old, uh, <laughs> old words, you know, somebody done us wrong. And whenever we can think about that individual as also hurting, maybe that allows us to have a little bit more compassion and a little bit more understanding for why that person is the way they are. Now, obviously in this book, different things, right? We're talking about a horrible situation of kidnapping and murder. But in general, if we're not dealing with those things, if we just have friction with another person, especially someone that we love, can we come back to that idea that this person sadly hurt me, but that wasn't their intention? Or even if it was, was that a reaction to their own pain? It's just a little thought experiment that I like to think of when uh, when people hurt me, because I think none of us get out of uh, get out of life without being hurt in some way by other people. And so how can we follow that compassion trail back to understanding that we are all human beings? We are all flawed human beings who will willingly or unwillingly hurt other human beings. What do we do when that happens? Hopefully we recognize it and hopefully we can have the compassion enough for the other person that we have hurt to apologize, to apologize. What's that make you think of after hearing stories about mm. awful things like kidnapping and, and <laughs> <laughs> thinking about people that we have friction with? Oh my goodness. There's, Easier said than done. Right? There are so many thoughts, so many thoughts. I... There, there are no words for people who've suffered such an enormous tragedy. I can't, I can't begin to 
um, speak to anything close to that level. Um, I hope anyone, anyone at that level is getting advice from someone much wiser than me and wiser than me and, and getting, uh, proper guidance. Right. And, and, and speaking to someone, to someone who's giving them solid, strong advice. And I'm only praying for, for them. Um, I here, here's what I do know. There is empowerment in taking charge of your own trauma. Um, when, when you've been hurt, there is, there is an empowerment in, um, in drawing proper boundaries and in saying, uh, no more. Correct. No and, more. But in, in not letting it define how you have to, uh, not, uh, and in, in say, I'm, I'm struggling here a little bit because I'm still thinking about how horrible that would be. I'm sorry. Um, when when someone that you love and you're in constant relationship with in being able to forgive them and go on there's an empowerment in mm. that it's it's a good healthy strong thing to be able to say you know you were hurt i was hurt we can forgive each other and go on you know that's that's a good healthy thing to be able to do there are times you can't you have yeah. to you have to set a boundary and go on of course um of course but but being able to we know we all know the saying that holding on to unforgiveness is you know is like drinking poison and expecting, expecting the other person to harm to the other person yeah. there's empowerment in understanding that in saying i can't continue to hold unforgiveness in my heart but what if it's not even just forgiveness or unforgiveness what if it's just having compassion because i wonder can we have compassion with people without can we have compassion on another person without forgiving them? Mm, that's a difficult concept. I'm going to have to think about that song. I'm going to have to think about that too. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm not a grudge holder by nature. Mm -mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm really not. I don't, be, I don't believe that means you have to pull them back into your life. I really, really don't. Not all people. I mean, there, there are people that you don't, for your own mental self need to have involved in your life. I'm not telling anybody when and how that is. But I don't believe that you have to actively hate them. Um, because if you do spend your time, and I've wrestled with this concept from my, my own experiences quite a bit, if you spend all of your time hating an individual that harmed you, guess what? That individual still has the power over you. Exactly. And I'm not giving up my power to have a decent, fulfilled, happy life because I am so set on holding on to past grudges or uh, lack of forgiveness or whatever. It, trust me, I am not an expert in forgiveness. I would never claim to be. But I do feel like we can find compassion. Doesn't mean forgiveness, but I think we can find compassion if we start looking down that compassion trail, right? I, Follow I that person's that. life back a little bit and we will see something 
that in our heart says, that must have been so awful for that person. Doesn't excuse why they did this action. Does not excuse why why they did this action. But it might bring about a little more understanding so that we don't have to hold on to that hate, to that resentment, to that hurt so tightly. We hold on to that hate, resentment, and hurt so tightly. It doesn't hurt the other person. It only hurts us. It only hurts us. And that may be the door to unlocking our own freedom to be able to move on. It has nothing to do with accountability. It has nothing to do with anything for that person. It just may be our own ticket to freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds hard. It sounds hard. And sometimes it is hard, right? Um, I remember within a year after losing my sight, uh, hearing a very well-meaning person say, there is no forgiveness. If you can't forget, then you can't forgive. If you can't forget, mm. then you can't forgive. And I thought, that's unrealistic. That's not realistic. Every day of my life, I will remember that I used to be able to see. I cannot forget that I have lost my sight and that I live with blindness. But by that same token, again, forgiveness is a difficult concept. And and it's a little hard for me, but I really believe that putting one foot in front of the other and continuing to live the life that you have is an act of forgiveness. And even if it's not an act of forgiveness for the individual that wronged you, it's an act of forgiveness. It's an act of grace for ourselves to be able to take back our own power that we have over our lives. Sometimes we feel powerless. But we're not. We're Man. never powerless. And we're there's never freedom powerless. in that. There is so there's much freedom, freedom in that. freedom in that. Yeah. And that's, man, there's so much power in freedom. Freedom, man. Letting go, right? Yeah. Maybe Elsa was right. We just have to let it go. <laughs> so thank you for, for being with us today on this kind of heavy topic. Um, hope you got something out of this today. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this idea of following the compassion trail for a good long while. And um, if you are suffering from some type of major loss in your life right now, uh, whether it's like what we described from the book or, or really any kind of loss, just please know that we are, we are loving you. We are sending you good energy and, and prayers and strength. And we really want to hope that you can find that compassion for others and find that compassion for yourself. Thank you so much for being with us on this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. I'm your host, Marcus Engel, and my hostess with the mostess is the hotness right next to me as always. This is the podcast where we teach compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. We will see you all next time on the CNC Podcast.